Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. We had an episode already in the can, ready to go, part two of our Special guest roundtable for Star Trek Discovery, but then we had breaking news. Brian, there was breaking news. It broke all over the place. Did it you, did. It, it's it's pretty big news. <laughs> well, it's pretty big topic for conversation. I don't yes. actually think it's news. We're going to get to true. that. That's true. It's in more a of a rumor kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, big rumor. Big rumor <laughs> came to town. But it was too much fun not to talk about. So before we get into the episode that uh, you're waiting for, uh, which brings back our roundtable of David Sims and Matt Patches and Emma Stefanski. Uh, you may have seen on the Internet uh, less than 24 hours ago, less than 12 hours ago, that uh, there was an article in Deadline.com. And Deadline is an industry rag, Brian. It's like, uh, you know, it's like Variety or The Hollywood Reporter, but perhaps even more, you know, uh, you know they're a little more... Uh, how can I say? They, you know, they they trade in rumor a little bit more than the others, and they had a scoop. Now, sometimes when they have a scoop, it's because they actually have reporters on the ground that are squeezing information out of people, or sometimes they get uh, a story leaked to them by a studio that <laughs> wants to have <laughs> a headline fly around the <laughs> internet to test the waters and see how people will react. And the headline scoop was, and I quote: Quentin Tarantino hatches Star Trek movie idea. Paramount J.J. Abrams to assemble writer's room. So the story is this. As you know, Paramount has, uh, CBS has the TV. Paramount has the movies. That's part of the Viacom split from X amount of years ago. Uh, the Abrams-verse or Kelvin universe, Kelvin timeline trilogy does tie up on a nice bow. The end of Beyond is kind of a perfect ending. They're all gazing up as the ship is rebuilt for more adventures. But, you know... A studio like Paramount will want more, want more Star Trek. Star Trek, as a general rule, tends to be a moneymaker, you know, and it's, um, it's a good thing to hang your brand on. You know, every studio wants to have their, their franchise, you know. Uh, Marvel's got their Avengers, you know, Disney's got well, their Marvel D- and Disney's their Star got Wars. And, <laughs> you, know, uh, uh, you know, the other, t- the other studio, has, that's why Universal started that Dark Universe thing, which was a disaster, you know. Well, that's and, a, isn't that already dead now? Well, it's... it's <laughs> If it ain't dead, it's barely breathing. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they want to keep Star Trek alive. Now, um, there was uh, talk last year that there was a script in development that would bring Chris Pine's um, uh, Kirk back with his father, George Kirk, that was played by Chris Hemsworth in the first film, back before we knew he was Thor. And that was a cool idea, and there was some talk about that. I also heard a rumor that I'm not at liberty to uh, divulge. I must keep my sources to the vest, but I heard a rumor about another story, which was pretty cool, not expected, um, by, by writers that are pretty neat. So that was floating around also. And then there was, you know, then there's all kinds of crazy rumor. They're going to they're gonna reboot everything and recast the new Kirk and Spock. They're, they're going to do something. They're going to reboot uh, TNG. And, oh, my God, now who the hell knows what they're going to do? But the thing is, they're going to do something. 
there has also been change in the you know management at Paramount. They have new guys in charge now, blah blah blah. And Abrams, who's not you know, it doesn't have to go through him, but you know, Bad Robot did do J.J. Abrams' company, Bad Robot, did do the first trilogy, and it. It's kind of like, uh, you know, they, they would have to pass first before they could bring it to new producers. Now you get something coming out of totally left field. Quentin Tarantino has long loved Star Trek. Brian, I ask you, do you remember what the first thing you see on the screen in Kill Bill Volume 1? No, I don't. It's a quote. Quote, revenge is a dish best served cold. And then it lingers there, and then, uh, and then it comes in. Khan Noonien Singh. That's and right. And gets a big laugh when you see it in the theater. That's right. And, uh, you know, his whole career has been playing off of pop culture long before everybody else did it. I mean, his, you know, use of uh, Partridge Family music in Reservoir Dogs was a revelation at the time. So he, um, he loves Trek, and his, his fandom is legit. You can go online and Google interviews of him talking about this for a while. Um, about his, you know, he talking about Star Trek for a while. I mean, he lists Wrath of Khan as like one of his ten favorite movies of all time. Um, so then, the other thing is, there was another interview a year ago on the website Cinema Blend, if you want to check it out, where he talked about he kind of teased the idea of what he would do if he were to make a Star Trek movie, and he said something really weird and unique, which is the old episodes TOS are perfect, but uh, they were shot in eight days on a 60s budget, on a low budget, and um, they only had uh, 52 minutes. You know, what if you had two hours to really sink into an episode like City on the Edge of Forever with a modern budget and, you know, hopefully the, the crew they have now, which is the awesome reboot crew, uh, you know, what, uh, what would that be like? So... I don't know that that's what he's pitching to this to this uh, to J.J. Abrams, but that's pretty fascinating. So there are all these things to think about. Now, when this news broke, um, the internet because it's the internet was like, "This sucks." You know, how's this going to work? Oh, that's how the internet works. That's how the internet works. Now, it is true that Quentin Tarantino's style is very specific. You know, you yes. know when you're watching one of his movies, they don't feel there's always an an element of um, like postmodern reflectionist. Like for even the best example is uh, in uh, Inglorious Bastards. Most of it does play, much of it plays like a real World War II movies. But then there's the moment where they introduce the character of Hugo Stieglitz, and then you just hear Sam Jackson go like Hugo Stieglitz, and then there's like <laughs> guitar trills and like uh, you know like his name flashes on the screen in like a '70s metal font. <laughs> like what the hell is that all about? So initially you're like, well, you can't do that in a Star Trek movie because that's never been done before. I say unto you, Brian, why the hell not? Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, it, he has a very unique, uh, interesting style. And I mean, sometimes it, it borders on, you know, a little on the, the graphic side. But exactly, why not? <laughs> I say why not because not every Star Trek movie, and I want the listeners to hold on to something while I say this. Not every Star Trek movie is a home run. This is a franchise that survived Cybok. This is a franchise that survived Star Trek V. This is a franchise that, now I'm really going to get controversial, survived Star Trek Into Darkness, which at the end of the day, I, I have often 
made wishy-washy statements about how it's not that bad. There are parts that are good. Ultimately, it's a, it's a bad decision. I mean, like, if Star Trek Into Darkness were to vanish off the face of the Earth, I think we'd all be okay. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's not good at times. So why not roll the dice? And it's not just some weirdo coming out of nowhere. It's Quentin Tarantino. It's like one of the most important filmmakers of the last quarter century. And, um, yes, I mean, clearly he will have to, uh, you know, tamp down some of his usual proclivities. You can't have quite the amount of violence and foul language. Um, but I think maybe he thinks of it as an interesting experiment for him. Can well, I? Well, you know what, though? I mean, I, I think I think the violence and, and uh, language have already been amped up in Discovery. Yes, to a degree. Well, I mean, maybe, to, maybe that's uh, testing you know, the water for Quentin Tarantino. Again. Pretty gross. <laughs> I mean, yes, uh, the scenes in Discovery, there are bodies torn and twisted and strewn apart, and the F barrier has been broken, but... You Granted, know, that's still... nothing. That's nothing compared to a Tarantino film. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But but again, it's like why why not give it a try? Now here's the thing. I don't think we should get too excited about this because in Hollywood, people when you when you have the dough and the clout that somebody like Tarantino does and J.J. Abrams does to pitch a produce, you know, if you're if you're a writer director like Tarantino to pitch an idea to Abrams and then to throw some money at developing a screenplay, one that he's not even going to do himself because he is currently working on another project, that sort of thing is part and parcel in Hollywood. There's a whole shadow industry out there of keeping writers busy and paid on projects that will never see the light of day. And it's done, God knows why, to keep just the gears moving. It's a way for the studios to like keep an eye on developing talent to see who's, you know, they, 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 they farm. And to them, it's not a lot of money. You know, to a struggling screenwriter, you get 60 grand. You're like, hot damn, that's 60 grand. That's, that's you know, I can live on that for a year. And um, to a studio like Paramount, that's, that's a snack, you know. So to dole out that kind of dough to keep a project going is, they do that sort of thing every day. It's just that we never hear about it because it's not Star Trek and it's not Tarantino. So... The chances of Quentin Tarantino directing a Star Trek movie are quite slim. I would say even Spock himself would have trouble, difficult, would have difficulty uh, uh, computing the number. Illogical. It's illogical. But there's a possibility that out of this, out of this process, this writer's room that, you know, Abrams is going to find X amount of writers, probably unknowns, maybe one guy or gal who's a little bit better known, um, and they're going to take Quentin's pitch, which is probably not even written down. It's him just going, okay, guys, so blah, 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 blah. <laughs> then Spock comes in, blah, blah, blah. And who knows if it's even TOS. It may have new characters. I mean, clearly, if it's going to have Chekhov, they're going to have a problem. So I don't know. Yes. You know, who the hell knows? It could be T- TNG. It could be new characters. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing a completely original Star Trek movie. Totally new, totally new characters, yeah. yeah. You know, maybe you get... You know, it would be cool. Like, it starts on a star base, and, like, Bones is there. You know, he's, he's, he's there, like, working at the infirmary. You know? Yeah. I mean, kind of like the current comics. You know, in, in the current comics continuity, which is post-beyond, most of our characters <clears throat> are spread out on other ships doing other things. And, um, you know, uh, uh, Ohura and um, Spock are on New Vulcan, and, uh, you know, Kirk's flying around on another ship, and Sulu's doing his own thing. So, you know, it could be anything. So, anyway, it's possible that coming out of this writer's room, you know, uh, experiment, 
will come a really good script and it'll eventually get produced and it'll be story by Quentin Tarantino, written by writer XYZ, directed by who knows, could be Justin Lin again, you know, it could be anybody. So, you know, uh, when you see on the Internet Tarantino directing Star Trek, that's not exactly what this news is. What he's done is he took he he pitched J.J., J.J., and J.J. is no fool because it's good. <clears throat> it's good. It's good to be in the Quentin Tarantino business. Yep. Paramount likes being in the Quentin Tarantino business. I mean, the, the other thing is Tarantino's been on the scene since 92, but he was always tied at the hip to um, Harvey Weinstein. Right. Oh, Harvey yeah. Weinstein found him. Harvey Weinstein groomed him. And up until the recent terrible uh, uh, events where it was you know, finally discovered that Weinstein is a scumbag and he's no longer working and he should rot in hell, um, Tarantino is now sort of a free agent. So he's doing his next movie, which is about Charles Manson, with Sony. And there was a bit of a bidding war to get him, you know, because even if his movies don't make that much money, it's just good to be in the genius business. It's just good publicity Critical for the studio. Darling. Yeah, it's like a feather in their cap. It's like, we've got Quentin. Who have you got? You know, that's, that's how these guys stay in business. And sometimes Tarantino's movies do make a lot of money. Um, so, anywho, uh, Paramount's chomping at the bit. Of course we want to be in the Quentin Tarantino business, you know? Yes. So when J.J. says, oh, he sent me a pitch. Should I throw money against it to develop it? Absolutely you should. Get that going. That's terrific news. And, uh, you know, and it keeps their their uh, Star Trek train running while they figure out what the hell they want to do. You know, in six months, they're going to have a new script to look at. And six months, who knows how long these things take? Maybe they take one month. Maybe they take three. I have no idea. But it takes X amount of time. And then, um, and then they're going to have it. So, you know, uh, it could be cool. But I did see instant reflex on the Internet saying, no, 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 this was terrible, terrible, terrible. Why is it terrible? Why, Brian? Yeah, I, I, I don't know why it's terrible. I mean, to me... I, I would like, I think, and I think everyone would agree, we would like to see more Star Trek movies, regardless of, you know, uh, who's directing them or writing them or starring in them even. But we want more of them. We don't want Star Trek movies to die. <laughs> right, 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 right. And I think if you bring in somebody who's got a lot of clout and a very specific vision, there's a better chance of making that happen. Because right now there's no developments happening. You know, Beyond came out a, over, you know, a year and some months ago, and there's been silence, you know. And Zoe Saldana, who plays Uhura, you know, she's a busy woman. She's got Marvel films, and she's got how many Avatar sequels. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they've got to figure that out. And then they also got to figure out what to do about Chekhov, because you don't want to be disrespectful to Anton Yelchin, but also Chekhov is an important character. So that's another thing to think about. So when you get somebody coming in out of left field like Tarantino... It's going to take somebody like that to say, you know, we're going to do it really different and try it. You know, who knows? If it's terrible, it's terrible. You know, that's all there is to it. So, you know, that was my reaction. When I saw the news, I was certainly like, what? Like, this can't be true. What the hell are they talking about? And then I read it, and I, like, I had no opinion at first. I was just like, what, what are they talking about? Then I went on, on Twitter, and since everybody was upset, clearly, like a, like a normal person, I immediately – one to say to react negatively to anybody who says no because <laughs> <laughs> so had everybody had everybody on Twitter been uh, thrilled then I would have hated it that's my <laughs> issue I need to work on that with a therapist <laughs> but my issue was I saw a lot of negativity um, and then I just said no uh, why being negative let's give it a shot so the 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 bottom line is one 
I think it's interesting. Two, I don't think it's ever going to happen, uh, you know, with him being like, you know, I am the director of this. But it could lead to further developments, and that could be interesting, you know? That's, that's about it. And again, Star Trek movies are not always, um, you know, perfect, perfect gems. You know what I mean? We've had some clunkers. We've had... We've had Star Trek V, we've had, Discover, we've had Nemesis and Insurrection, all of which have good points in them, good moments. Um, there are moments in Star Trek V I love. Insurrection, probably some good scenes in that. I don't remember it too well. F. Murray Abraham is in it. It's not that bad. But, you know, come on. Like, Star Trek movies have whiffed before. Why not whiff in an unusual way if it turns out to be a mistake? That is my conclusion. Brian, do you agree or disagree? I completely agree. Wow. <laughs> wow, look at that. It's like we're two peas in a pod. Look no dissension in the ranks here. No dissension. All right, well, listen, so this is our emergency preamble. How long have we been talking? 15 minutes. All right, we said <laughs> we would talk for five, and it was 15. Well, That's I apologize. all right. Let's now kick it back over to last week, part two, with Emma, David, and Matt. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds. To boldly go where no one has gone before. Engage. Engage. Enterprise. Enterprise. This is Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Captain Catherine Janeway. Captain Sisko. This is Captain Jonathan Archer. Special Miss Burnham. Red alert. Photon torpedoes. Fire. The official Star Trek podcast. Engage. Engage. Make it so. With your host, Jordan Hoffman. That, sir, is illogical. And make sure history never forgets. This is Engage. Hailing frequencies open, sir. And we are back. Everybody, my wife just texted me. <laughs> she said, okay. Everybody, my wife just said, okay. Um, great, we're back. Okay. Uh, welcome once again to Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. We love it here on Engage and um, set your phasers to fun. Set your phasers on stun. No, no, fun. <laughs> set your phasers on fun. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've got three guests with us today. We have, uh, my name is Jordan Hoffman. Facebook.com slash Engage Official Star Trek Podcast or at Jay Hoffman on Twitter. With us as last week, we have Matthew Patches. Say hello, Matthew. Hello. And Matt Patches writes uh, at Thrillist.com. He is a cultural critic. Sure. And you write about. I'm the executive uh, editor. Executive of, of, uh, editor. Thrillist Get your executive ass out of here. Yeah. Executive well, editor. You wouldn't go on the bridge and call someone. Uh, <laughs> Then sign, would you? Uh, no, there's a lot of great stuff at Thrillist.com. It's a wonderful website. Uh, another great cultural writer we have with us uh, again this week is Emma Stefanski. Emma, hello. It's good to see you. Hello. It's good to be here. Emma writes for Vanity Fair and for um, uh, uh, Screen Crush. You remember our friend Matt Singer. He's been on the show a few times. And other places, Bright Wall, Dark Room, right? Yep. yep. Is that true, or did I make that up? Because you no. gave me a look last no, week. No, yeah, no. I, I mean, it's just been a long time. I wrote a piece about how I'm in love with... Um, Oh my God! Who are you Sound in love with? Real love, with real love. It's true love. It's true love. I'm in love with um. It's a movie. Sake. Donnie from The Big Lebowski. That's uh, what I remember. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Donnie yeah. from But I mean, his character specifically. That's what I remember. Really in love with Donnie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the artist who works for them drew a really great uh, picture. It's like his head with a. 
which heart came to my around wedding. it. The oh. heart's made of bullet Are you pins. into Buscemi in general or just? Yeah, I think he's great. Did you ever see the movie Trees Lounge that he directed? Great no. movie. So good. You know my great wife movie. founded Brightwell Dark Road? I did know that. And that's why I <laughs> yes. brought it up. I, it's, it's a very incestuous group here. Matt yeah. Patches' <laughs> wife, uh, who, uh, Ms. X, uh, was the founder. Michelle of said. Oh, okay. Well, Michelle Patches, I guess. Michelle said patches. Michelle, Michelle, oh, I'm sorry. Michelle, Michelle said Matt patches. Matt Patches' wife, Michelle said patches. She does a Riverdale podcast. I should plug it in. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. Uh, oh, oh. Uh, it's I, I know what it's called. It's got a great name. Pe- the Place of Pep. Podcast, podcast of Pep. Yes, that's it. Michelle said patches is one of my favorite people in general, but also when you say her name, you've said a sentence. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, someone recently pointed out to me that- We haven't my, introduced oh, you yet. sure. Sorry. Sitting next to Emma, are we- uh, So you loved- Wait, so br- bring it back here. Donnie- <laughs> I'm never he getting introduced. Ob- he was obnoxious. He didn't know what was going on. He was confused. Yeah. I am the walrus. He's just great. He's just a little guy. He's trying to. He's trying his best. <laughs> he's he Ash now. He is. Yeah. He's mostly on uh, Jeff Bridges' yeah, face. Yeah. Under his face. Everything with you is a catastrophe. Um, <laughs> well, that's dynamite. I haven't read that piece, but I'm going to set my web browsers to stun. <laughs> read that when I get a chance. <laughs> Energized. Uh, David Sims, you write for The Atlantic and TheAtlantic.com. I do. Mostly and, TheAtlantic.com. And uh, you're a great man, David Sims. Thank All you. Right. Someone recently pointed out, I was going to say, that my byline with one extra consonant is David Swims The Atlantic. So there <laughs> yes. you go. Da- who, yeah, I saw that. I can't that. remember who yeah. did that. Was, that was uh, Michael Arbiter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, there you go. Who has not been on the show. Because Get him on. No, Michael Burnham He doesn't want to be on the show. <laughs> all right, cool. So we're all here. And last week we were just about to bring up one of the key elements of Star Trek Discovery. This is the recap roundtable part two and what drives the discovery? Uh, the spore, spore drive. drive. The spore the drive. Human spirit. The oh, human yes. spirit. <laughs> a and love of the federation. <laughs> Exploration. No, the spore drive, which <laughs> is... Sorry, I promised myself I would do it. I have, as a longtime Star Trek enthusiast, I have done a lot of work you're just you do a lot of that. You're just taking the tube out they and put putting it, it they in. They put the tube somewhere else. I have tried to... <laughs> What's the tube filled with? The, oh, the mushroom. Spores. The, the mushroom yeah, the spores. spores. Okay, yeah. sure, I sure. have tried in my days to understand the concept of subspace and warp bubbles and warp pathways. That stuff I get. And I... <laughs> this stuff I don't get. I'm, you know what? I'm too old for this shit. Uh-huh. So I turn my brain off and I say, I know that they think they know what they're talking about. Because this Paul Stamets is a real person. Did oh, you really? Know this? I didn't know that. There no. is a, this all started when Fuller watched a TED Talk <laughs> by the actual Paul Stamets. Google, you got your you got your uh, I'm your device. So it's like how Michael Dorn played Worf's grandfather in the Undiscovered <laughs> Country. Well, that so there's like know. Worf and Worf, Worf's uh, grandpa and Worf well, and also Junior. Uh, there was Doctor Sung's grandfather. That's on right. Enterprise on Enterprise, that was th- that was ill advised. Yes, in my Paul Stamets <laughs> is a real American mycologist, yes. and on his Wikipedia page, he's, he's holding, holding in a giant <laughs> spore uh, mushroom. Oh my it's god! It looks like a hamburger. It's huge. Yeah, there's a picture of it. It looks like a body. And Brian looks like a Pokemon. I want to let you know, Brian. uh, Brian's with us again, as always. Um, Hello. uh, We're working to get this guy on the show. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, you should have this guy. I ran it by, um, you know, I ran it by uh, some people in high places. Federation. I said we'll get we'll get. Yeah, he seems pretty busy. Well, making I'm, spores. He's a bit. How many Wikipedia pages do you have of you holding giant mushrooms in the? Uh, uh, I better check after this. <laughs> so he's a real dude, and he gave a TED talk, which is on YouTube, which I have not watched yet because I'm a very busy man. And allegedly, he said these theories that inspired Fuller to um, conceive of the mycelium network. 
and right. uh, the ability to basically go anywhere, warp any space time. and time, a wrinkle in a trans warp, a trans warp drive, warp drive a, a teleportation, mm. some sort of uh, instantaneous propulsion via the magic of spores <laughs> and the. Understand the Grateful Dead or the fish. <laughs> so, so awesome. Is there a Rush <laughs> album that goes along with this talk? But not only that, one needs to be working in concert with the spores and have an understanding of them on a molecular level, as do the tardigrades, which are real creatures, but they're usually microscopic. Sure, sure. But in space, two things happen. No one can hear you scream. Sure. And tardigrades are the size of rhinoceroses. They're very big. So you get and a, they can and rip they can you into in. oh, bits. They, they killed uh, Landry. I know. Rekka, Rekka, Mar back Rekka from, Sharma. Sharma. from Battlestar Sharma. Galactica. Yeah, they killed the Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, the woman. tardigrade was the hum ombre or hombre. Humbre. Humbre. What's the gorilla's name? Harambe. 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 <laughs> The Harambe of wow. Um, I hate you for bringing up Harambe because I hate Harambe. I only say because I, yeah. I hate. I love Harambe, but I was at the friggin' Bronx with my wife and my niece and nephew. The day that he, okay. <laughs> the day that Harambe died, I was Jesus. Though we went to the Bronx Zoo, which is a marvel, which is a a top quality zoo. Let uh -huh. me tell you, if you should be, ever be in town, uh, so we take the niece and nephew to the Bronx Zoo because that's what uncles do, and we go into the monkey room, which I just offended primates. They're not monkeys, they're gorillas. Sure. You go into the gorilla room, and there's the big alpha gorilla there, and all I can do is think of Harambe memes <laughs> the whole time. I'm like, you idiot. Like, stop your just brain. Like magnificent creature. Yeah, it's this gorgeous. Yeah, tardigrade. With its whole like family this. is there, and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they have the, the gorilla room there is very well maintained. And, 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 I'm just thinking, I'm like, I hate myself, I hate my life, I hate the internet. But then you thought about Star Trek Discovery and you thought about Tardigrades and now you're, you back, thought about now you're back on track. <laughs> Why don't you spore Energize. drive, spore warp, spore warp over to Black the alert. conversation that makes sense. Warp Black engage. Boop, 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 boop. Black I'm alert just doing back. the soundboard myself. And uh, here, do you want to touch No, 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 no. <laughs> I just like it when you press it. Yeah, well, we'll get one soon. Um, <laughs> uh... The spore drive. Yeah. So what do you, um, like, I don't, so I don't understand it because I haven't taken the time to, to try to understand it. I'm, I have a date with that TED Talk someday because I want to understand it. And I know the fact that they think it's real, like, we had Anthony Rapp on the show, uh, and he, like, was not, like, I wanted to make mushroom jokes with him, like, like you know, sure, he wasn't like, having it because he's no, like, this he is was science. like, this is so freaking real. Like, right. and I take my job seriously, and you're an idiot. And, and it sounds like a great interaction. Yeah, <laughs> a great interview. It's really a highlight. Um, so, um, he really takes it seriously, and so he believes it, and he knows it. I think the writers do understand it, so I love that. It makes sense to me, of course. Yeah, also that Stamets should you know, believe this in his bones. Yeah. Well, yeah. apparently, apparently, the real Paul Stamets believes that fungi mushrooms can be used to ch change the, the 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 universe you know on a galactic level you can use them to terraform you can create new planets what? with fungi Emma so of course genuinely astonished right of course now. if you if you eat a bunch of mushrooms and then start yeah. thinking about that ted you talk that you too. could probably yeah. come up with this web yeah, what do you have to marinate anthony rap wouldn't like that joke yeah, mar hey, <laughs> marinate them in worcestershire sauce for a while and mm -hmm. they can really take on a nice quality apparently paul Steinitz is very against Gourmet mushrooms. He does not like eating mushrooms. No. Really? Not That's even like some, I mean, I can understand no. somebody who works with animals becoming a vegetarian, mm. but right. you can't be an anti. 
He works with mushrooms, man. They, Stop they eating them. Feelings. <laughs> they don't have feelings. This guy's ridiculous. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. Brian's coming. He's got to eat mushrooms because on his website, which is linked on Wikipedia, is fungi.com. Yeah. Oh, you got fungi.com. You can buy fungi. You can buy Paul's fake bacon mushroom bits, which calls oh. is a recipe that calls for shiitake <laughs> wow. mushrooms. Yeah, but it's made with actual bacon. It's Wait, like, it's like, he's like, kill no, no. the pigs. The bacon I don't is fake. No, the bacon he's is fake. Using no. mushrooms to make fake bacon. <laughs> Unless there's bacon mushrooms, and it's they are It's just a hop and a step from making fake bacon to traveling the galaxy. <laughs> So bacon really is everything. The internet got it right. So oh, he, he, he says that that there could potentially be a well. Look, there are some things that sound too good to be true that are true. Like vis a vis teleportation. Um, you remember the the Jim Jarmusch movie, Only Lovers Left Alive, of where mm-hmm. they talk about spooky action at a distance, which mm-hmm. goes directly to Einstein, and it's true. There are tiny neutrinos that if one is in California, the other one is in Bombay. You hit one with a photon, the other one reacts. It makes no logical sense, but it's true. Why? Because we don't really understand no, quantum physics. There's a mycelial network all around. Well, that it. could be it. Now I don't. I just know. poked the mycelial network. Well, it's like it's. I mean, it works with if you think about like bio, biologically, mushrooms do have like these it. huge root systems that they are all connected to in the forest, um, and trees do it too. So I guess. I can believe that on a speculative level. Yeah. And yeah. that's all we need. I mean, whatever. They so got what a teleportation drive here. I don't know. First of all, why are you so object... Uh, uh, nothing has to be a question. We're just having a conversation. Well, I, I didn't know drive. if you felt like Do the we show... like the spore drive? Right. Are you so asking I think, that? I think the question I love is... This. It's my favorite character. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the tardigrade is one of my have, favorite characters. Well, no. I actually do have a friend. I have a friend who um, is very science-oriented. Um, he's a computer programmer. And... He sent me a note. He's like, I'm, I'm off Discovery. I'm like, why? He's like, this mushroom drive is idiotic. And I'm like, why? Like, that's 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 the thing that's going to annoy you? Is the mu- I'm like, the mushroom drive is fine. How is that any different than a warp bubble? He's like, stupid. I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a really great conversation. He's, he's, a, he's a friend. I mean, they, they <laughs> say it a lot. So if it's well, sport drive, sport yeah. if yeah, you think really it's imp- silly, then the emphasis <clears throat> on it is going to Right. No, I think it's great. I think they came up with way. a weird way to have a new way of doing things and to make, make uh, the, the, voy- the Voyager, the make of uh, the ship. The Discovery. Um, the discovery of um, uh, the kick-ass ship it can boot and it did they've we've seen it in action it spins around it's very mm. photogenic also it mm-hmm. spins around does it yeah. side do they the feel the spinning when it drops. does that every time <laughs> yeah. i don't think well they that's do. why they have they a would. black alert they have to I know, s- I know. S- strap in <laughs> and they do yeah they do they go on their I, I guess it would it would get you dizzy well i mean it, but it's space it's zero gravity i mean right, i don't you know don't you can really spin any direction you like when they do the black quickly black first black alert First she sees liquid. Yeah, there's rain. Well, they never right. really got the drive working until they got the tardigrade. That was remember that was pre oh, gotcha. uh, they right. cr- them cracking up. Right. But that happens I, in Battlestar Galactica too, where they do like a weird thing when when they first jump in the pilot. And then they never do it. They again. never do that again. <laughs> oh, like, <laughs> they're always like, like it's stretched. Yeah, across. yeah, and they're like, yeah. oh, I hate going to faster than light, and they like brace themselves, yeah. and then they're like, wait, <laughs> wait, we can't have them do that. And they realize that the line item in the budget was way <laughs> yeah. too high, but. So. Um, I mean, my only problem with the sport drive is the nerdy problem where I'm like, well, this can't exist in the future. Oh, my God. I'm throwing bottles. <laughs> He's uh, crushing bottles. He's so you know, mad. like, you know, this has to be temporary. Right. right. So it's like I'm I like the idea of it, but I'm sort of annoyed where I'm like, they're going to have to find they, some way out of it. They're going to you know? do then Brian and I've talked about it, They're going to do a C-3PO gets its mind wiped eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. They right. have Which to. is, well, again, it's not okay. necessarily. Well, well, hold on. There's a few options here. <laughs> All right. What's your, um, what is your option? Well, one, 
the Discovery never comes back. Or, Possibly. or right. two, yes. Yes. Yeah. Discovery comes back way into the future after timelines that we know of, and it actually can exist. Be well, sure, but I mean, they, they are... decide that it is scientifically unethical to use the spore drive. Right. That's, that seems the most likely. It could yeah. be. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. Now that Stamets in, in the last shot seems to be... He's gone white. Screwy. And someone suggested, Floda, that he becomes uh, the traveler from TNG. Or a traveler. Ooh. Sure. Interesting. He wow. could become Ooh. part of that world. Yeah. How said he traveler? Remember well, when he would, just, he would just show up? What do we and be think like, is going resume? on with him? <laughs> like, what has the effect... What, what, well, you drop wait, enough acid, pilot? you get crazy. He seems yeah. sort of unstuck in time. He's yeah. turning yeah. into a Trafalmadorian. The mirror effect, where he no, that was that, that was, was when he first that was, that when, was he when he first Jackson. put it Jackson. That was very creepy, and it was, it was a great creepy. scene yeah. because it was. So, what the, do you think that was? He's there. He's he is trans, and also Listen, Paul Stamets has become unstuck well, in time. No, right? well, what you uh, actually call, is Joel, yeah. what you actually called him was the Doctor Manhattan of Star Trek. He's the Doctor Manhattan mm -hmm. of Star Trek. Yes, thank you for quoting me back, Brian. <laughs> he uh, and remember, he was during the time loops. He stayed constant. He right. couldn't die. So he is existing outside of the four dimensions that we live in right now, and um, but he can't control it yet, sure, because he doesn't. Is a newcomer. So the question is, does he start to control it so much that he becomes like a, a god, like alien, right? Yeah. Or well, is it going to go away? Well, there. If I were, the, I think the more obvious point is because this this crew that's making the show really loves the original series, and if you remember the first pilot where no man has gone before, Gary Mitchell. He oh, yeah. transcends that goes through the galactic barrier. He gets white eyes like like Stamets does, and he eventually has godlike powers and becomes evil. And Kirk has to kill him, which is upsetting because they were old chums. Yeah. He that uses is the big phaser rifle. He uses the big <laughs> phaser rifle right there on Delta Vegas. So it's possible that that is the route they're going. But every time the show, you think you know where it's going, they take a left turn. Mm. For example, mm -hmm. uh, my favorite example is the episode with Saru. Down on the planet, where you're pointing to me. Well, because I know that you're a, a, a Saru's a, biggest a, fan a over Saru here. Right? You're tall, like Saru. It's, I identify with him. You know, uh, Saru has this the when he goes to meet with the Povins, and he uh, crushes the communicators. Says we're hanging out. The Povins have know the right way. And you think he becomes a cult member, and you think he must be contaminated by Povins, like because we saw that blue light and mm -hmm. you think that you know they must have you know um they're evil they're evil and they possessed him yeah and burnaby said this is not you and she shoots him with a stun gun and you when you, she shoots him you think you've been trained by a zillion episodes of star trek the blue light's gonna escape and he's be like oh i'm free <laughs> but that's not what happened yeah he he that was the left turn and that's what the show keeps doing is is you think you know what's gonna happen well f you we're gonna spin it around and Saru was actually just acting acting out. Notice that he was not put on trial for mutiny. No. Well, he didn't. Oh, oh you mean because of that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sexism. Well, <laughs> they did Michael Burnham, but not Saru. Well, he wasn't, uh, you know, because I mean, how many... Slightly uh, different. Right. There, <laughs> how many Star Trek episodes have there been where some crew member gets possessed by a force? Well, that's and, just the uh, thing, is they did the twist. Yeah. So the point I'm making is... I detect this as a twist. I don't... That was funny, an, it was a lack of twist. That's It got me. I was very... So anyway... I liked it, yeah. It all... It, it all was just... It, caught up <laughs> in the... <laughs> it got started. It got started a little bit with uh, the mirror, the shot in the mirror after the toothbrushes. The first time we see Stamets and oh, Culber, yeah. uh, where they do not, uh, where they're engaged, they're very much domestic they're partners engaged. brushing their engaged. teeth. It's engaged, engaged. Nice. The official good. marriage podcast. Right. It's very nice. <laughs> uh, 
and it's sweet. And then uh, I didn't even notice it the first time because I was, um, as someone who's been writing about Star Trek on the internet for a decade, I was very excited as you yawn. I was very excited to see uh, same-sex domestic partnership on television, even if it's streaming. And so I was, I had, and my wife's like, "Oh wow, that was freaky." I'm like, "What? What? What?" The and mirror like, thing. Oh, like I see. Right, because that's also it. right. That's the moment where it's sort of being laid out to the audience, like, yeah. "Oh, they, they're a couple. They yeah. live together." Wait, yeah. your your wife said that's freaky, and you're like, "No, this is a very acceptable <laughs> type of behavior." <laughs> uh, Finally accepting. <laughs> Listen, funny. I thought I knew who you were. Right, but right, right, right. Uh, a lot of people are in relationships right, 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 like this. Right, right. Uh, no, so and so she's like, "No, it was like Twin Peaks. Rewind it a little bit." I'm like, "Oh my God, he's in the mirror, still moving around." Um, so. That is so we don't know what's up with Stamets, but it sounds to me like we've got three people here that are pro Spore Drive. I'm basically pro it. I just think I I well, just sort of want to know what they're. Gonna I think do it's with created them. a lot of interesting ethical conversations right. mm-hmm. about how to use the animals, how to use Stamets, how far to push people in a time of war. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. you yeah. talked a lot about on this podcast about. Is Lorca like an evil guy? Is he conspiratorial? Is he like what is he up to? Yeah. But I find a lot of his decisions. I'm kind of on the side that Lorca is not nefarious in any way. That he is just a, a general who has to step over the line and will win at any cost. He's got to do what he's got to do. And sometimes it makes him look like means. a hero. Yeah, yeah and just find mm. the means to 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 the end. And you know, killing Samets in the in. The in the chamber. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, he was it ready was worth to kill Stamets, right? I guess so. absolutely. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Do you think he was if Stamets, if Stamets had a die? I mean, and, and the numbers, he's like, we're going to save a trillion lives if we right. end this he's war making right that now. Yeah. I mean, and it's Very, startling for us to see someone like right that. because on Especially Star Trek. Well, yes, and also it's very Romulan. It's Romulan, <laughs> but also it it mirrors Wrath of Khan, and we're used to seeing an important character voluntarily go into a chamber and sacrifice themselves. Mm. We're not used to seeing them ordered into a chamber. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I've always uh, found it not disappointing, but you know, it's rare-ish for Star Trek to confront the fact that it's a show about a military organization. Maybe not in name, but in structure. You know, it, this is a chain of command system right. where you, you accept they, your orders. They always try to downplay it's a ship of exploration. It's like, right, yeah, but they are, they're a military, <laughs> they're very naval and, you know, I mean, obviously there have been many episodes that have sort of touched sure, on right. this stuff, but like a whole show, you know, uh, well, see, trying to dig well, into that is well, that's interesting. That's why I'm hoping yeah. that Lorca isn't like a secret villain or whatever, right? Because in the beginning, it's from like the promos and stuff. I'm like, oh, there it is. It's it's just like Into Darkness. It's just like the other sure, Star Trek right. movies where there's gonna be a mole and he's bad and he's up. Well, to and the also he's famous. Technology. So you're thinking, oh, did they just get Isaacs for one season and right, you know, right, or whatever? You know, you have these thoughts. And I'm glad that it's more complicated than that. He's. I don't think anyone on the ship is corrupt necessarily, mm. but I what do, do think. think I do think they're using I think we, military technology. I w- I'm not a hundred percent sold on that yet. You know, I don't know. You think he still might be a? I well, don't I feel know. Like you don't cast Lucius Malfoy as a good guy. <laughs> what? what? I don't know. I mean, I don't feel like we he's have to a talk about awake. Bad guy. His short-lived <laughs> oh, NBC boy, drama awake. that was incredible, where he's a hero. Wait, and it was he interesting. Two yeah, yeah, yeah. Worlds. Nighttime and daytime. Love that <laughs> have show. You, have you watched it's on Netflix? The, the OA. The OA. Yeah, he's on the OA. Yeah, he was on the OA. Brian's a big the OA fan. But, um, and I haven't. Yeah, he was a very conflicted character in that as well, which I said in the show before. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's a little more on the villainous side there. But he's still interesting, and it's not like 
like mustache twirling villain, but you know, yeah, it's great in the yeah, death you know, of Stalin. It's great coming it, out oh, next year. I know, I'm excited Ooh, for so that. Good movie. In I haven't seen it yet. Well, you know, it seems. I'm glad we we talked a little bit about um, that, and I do want to bring up more about Lorca because when you're with him, you never really quite know what time it is. But what's interesting <laughs> is that if you get a movement watch. You'll always know what time it is. And luckily, Movement Watches are the sponsors of this podcast here. And if you go to mvmt.com slash engage, you're going to get um, 15% off with free shipping and, Emma, free returns, which I Thank find goodness. to be a little redundant because who returns a Movement Watch? You, Nobody. You When you get a Movement Watch, you grab it with both. Who in your right <laughs> you keep, mind? You keep it. Now, they look very nice. Here, let me show. Here, let me do an experiment on you. Uh-huh. Look at this wrist. I'm looking. This is like there a, it is. you're not. This you're like. Hey, get ugh. that. Get that wrist away from me. Even <laughs> a little. Ugh. Now look at this wrist. Hey. Oh wow. Holy now that's smokes. a wrist. <laughs> it's like you. You gotta call. Make a call when you see that wrist. You're like <laughs> I just saw a wrist. Let me tell you, because this wrist is one with David, a movement watch on it, hey. and you can see it looks very sleek. There it is. Very stylish. I like the blue. Professional mm. blue face. But that's here is the punchline. This you might think would cost hundreds of dollars in a department store mvmt.com slash engage you get this for 95 bucks wow. very nice yeah yeah there we can go to if you go to mvmt.com you can check out all the different um models they got them big they got them small they got them in, in so-called ladies and men's depending on what you're uh, how you want it to look and uh their shtick is minimalism you know they're not gonna they're not gonna blow you away with a lot of gadgets and googaws you know they're 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 kind of sleek like the Shenzhou, you know? It's a kind of sleek watch. So movement watches are great for the holidays. The holidays are coming up. And, um, Brian, I think that if you don't know yet what you're going to get for a holiday gift... I do now. Get a movement watch. <laughs> it can't hurt because, like I say, they're 95 bucks. MVMT.com slash engage gets you 15% off, free shipping, free returns. Check out what they got there. And I'm sick to death of seeing people trying to... Uh, what time is it? And they dip into their pockets and grab their phones. Your phone is for talking... Your wrist is for knowing what time it is. Fair enough. So get on board. As they say. I just got a talking to. It's an old quote. It's an old quote. Yeah, was that a it's an old know, Vulcan, Euripides? Yes, it was an old Vulcan <laughs> saying. It was uh, uh, Surak in his teachings. Oh, of course. So uh, step up your game. You heard Emma herself. She saw my, we did a science experiment. She heard one wrist. Really, no, no response. The wristwatch wrist. Fell right off her chair. Homeboy walks in wearing these. It's quiet. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing these. <laughs> Noise all around. <laughs> Is that a movement watch or are you just happy to sew? Then we go to mvmt.com slash engage. All right. Great. So that's the deal with that. Now Engaged. what's exciting Energized. is the next uh, item up for bid is we were going to talk about, um, and we did talk about them a little bit, is the Klingons, right? Is it the next topic? Yeah, I want to talk about the Klingons. Let's not talk about the look, because we talked about it in episode one of mm. this two-part roundtable recap. Mm. But we do want to talk a little bit about uh, the storyline, Takuvma, Cole of House Core, Lorel, Vok. Keep um, going. Dennis. Names. <laughs> Dennis the Klingon? <laughs> Not Dennis, like Dennis the Men. Dennis, Dennis, Dennett. Uh -huh. And some others. There's a one shot of them all in uh, in holograms, like 12 Klingons. But you got Core, Cole, excuse me, of House Core. And I've had it confirmed that he is of House Core of Core fame. Sure. So from TOS and the DS9, he is the, he is the same house. You got Vok, Mysterious Vok, and you got Tyler, maybe two. Um, what are you thinking about the whole Klingon story arc 
Mad Patches. I I think it's well, it's it's compelling because I like being part of the the Klingon behind the scenes operations. I like getting that glimpse. I recently rewatched one of Clint Eastwood's only good movies from the last ten or fifteen well, years. Let me guess, called Space Cowboys, The Letters of Iwo Jima. Great movie. <laughs> The companion film to Flags of Our Fathers, great movie, a right? terrible movie. Yeah, Flags of Our Fathers is pretty bad. <laughs> Letters is great. You know, which is Flags You're of right, Our Fathers that. was about Iwo Jima, right? And this and kind of like, the other side. patriotic film. Yeah, and then Letters of Iwo Jima was about the Japanese soldiers living out this f- hellish, hellish experience and just dying on their swords, and and all about pride and understanding that culture. Is war that. heaven? I've heard that war is hell. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> uh, so war is hell. This is me in reaction to that one. <laughs> is there uh, some sound effect? <laughs> All right. Bye, Jordan. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. You I, like I, seeing the it, other side. It reminded me of Lars Viva Jim and what it does so effectively is just see the inner workings and find that some people are totally on board. You know, mostly the people at the top are like, we're all going into battle and we must serve the masters and screw your guy. My guy's the best. And I like that they have a war going on internally. That's yes. interesting. The house. I don't know if there's enough show to allow for this to That's really take root and be fully formed. I find it a little I find it a little confusing to like keep track of all the players involved in, in the Klingon side of this battle. I, like I, I think Kuma, the Klingon side is done now. I think that, I think it's one hundred percent not coming back. And that like Lorel is I think, gonna no, be no. the only holdover. Yeah, I think Lorel is gonna be the only holdover because I think we're at least for the rest of season one, we're Cole is Dead, right? Cole is dead. Yep. But and the are war we going to be wherever over? they are? Is it for the rest of season one? I mean, I don't have any. I it don't. Know, I believe Star so. Trek Discovery. Oh snap! Emma just so. served a platter. <laughs> Boom! Boom. Yeah. So you think that we're done with the Klingon on snaps? <laughs> I think that here's what I think. Uh, yes, I do for two reasons. Number one, we saw the sarcophagus ship explode. That sure. was their flagship ship. Yeah. Two. They now know how to d- d- uh, break through these rudimentary cloaking devices. Right. So once the rest of Starfleet has those codes, you have to get on board the ships, right? No, but no, they, no, no, they, no, no. they hacked this. They hacked the system. Oh, by doing algorithm. the by doing the one. Yes. By doing the two hundred and thirty. <laughs> doing that wacky move. Thing. Okay. So, so now you know all the ships. Have now they know, and they okay. even said it. Sense. There was the uh, the other the admiral, the Vulcan admiral. He's like, we've got the code now, right. and. We're giving it to our other ships. So. I think the show's and just this missing is the end of the Klingon War that is right. referenced in the original series. I believe all the time, that right? like to be this the is case. what we just witnessed yeah. was that, which is great because right. Lorca says, you know, you started out as scientists and now you are warriors and you were there to stop the Klingon War. He said something very dramatic like that. Yeah. So, but I, but I think that yeah. the show is missing a standalone episode just about the Klingons. Mm. They never get enough time. Yeah. to really be fully formed or for me to invest in anyone, especially because we lose Vok. Now, maybe we don't. Well, maybe, you know, that we can get into that. But yeah. we do loot, like, he's important for the first two or three episodes after Takuma is killed and he's, yeah. like, taking on the mantle. And then it gets, I'm now like, he's what gone. happened to Vok? I totally forget what happens. And then only it's only these conspiracy theories yeah. that fuel that. And then Laurel kind of mentioning him occasionally, I just, it can be very confusing. It Yeah, okay. Cool. Uh, Emma, what do you think about the, the Klingons? I like them. I don't enjoy listening to them talk. <laughs> it's ru- I agree with that. It's rough. It's really They annoying. made a choice. Uh, I like that at the end, 
Burnham pulls out the, the translator, universal translator, and then yeah. everyone just gets just to talk in English, English now. Yeah, that was. But that's um, always been the trick. It's like everyone's got one, so yeah. that's when they all talk in English. That was, right? that um, was always it, sort of the. You it, know. it wasn't until I heard them through the universal translator when I realized, yeah, maybe this would have been better off <laughs> right. that way. Yeah, but they made a stylistic choice and they went with it. Um, but other than hearing them talk, I mean, do you find yourself under like? Do you like? Oh, I do grok these clans. Like, yeah, I do. like. I understand their struggle, or is this like, ah, shut up already? I think it's they're interesting in that they're very much a foil for um, Starfleet in that they're like they're very tribal and they're very like honor bound and they're very different. Very like, it different. does a good job. But, yeah. yeah, and they look different and they sound different. They speak a different language. It's cool. Um, and I enjoy like. I don't know. I enjoy learning the background information about them, but I don't necessarily enjoy sitting through the scenes where they're just like, <laughs> right. oh, come on, can I just like read the transcript? It also and doesn't then... totally pay off. You'd think that if yeah. you're going to show both sides of this conflict, that there might be like a Burnham parallel or someone who sure. we would well, I don't invest feel any in as sympathy. like the hero. I, of I, that's my problem. Right? I don't I, have I, anyone where I'm like, oh, I really, no, uh, like, I'm you, really conflicted. You well, actually, Vok was kind of like that. Well, well sort of because he wanted, well, Takuma also, but, uh, but his goals were interesting because he wanted to unite his people, which in theory sounds nice. Mm-hmm. Right. Jarabaldi of, of, uh, of, of Klingons. But he wanted to unite the people out of like xenophobia and yeah. and and hatred, and he wanted to attack the Federation because he didn't like the fact that they were um, diverse group of planets. And that's not cool, man. That's that's not. I can't get right. On board right, that. but it's baby that, steps towards uh, <laughs> galactic understanding here, right? Like, right. Yeah. uniting his people is is a big step. Right, that's step one. Now, um, <laughs> from what I'm told, the Takuma prequel comic is actually it's, it's like just out. I think a couple like this week is when it starts I think mm. um, and it's going to get more into the Kuva's background but that's not you know not that many people are going to be reading I, that compared to watching the show yeah. and I think I think you're right it would have been better to have somebody that we really thought of as ours and I although I find Lorel intriguing mm-hmm. and the fact that she's somehow made her way to our ship now we don't know what her deal is mm-hmm. is fascinating and I, I like that character well, I also thought Lorel would be pure like I thought that, that a Klingon would make it to the Discovery at some point. I actually thought it would happen sooner for them to be like the first Klingon member of the Federation. Oh, no, but Worf mm-hmm. is the first Klingon Starfleet member. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess I should have. This thought is about the that whole more. prequel problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're and right. It's you're sort right. Of like, you know, you're because you're doing this prequel and you want to have the Klingon war. You gotta kind of have to make the Klingons less dimensional, right? But that because means maybe Star Trek. Discovery never comes, or Discovery well, never comes back. Well, but maybe, that, but, but, then, like, but it's like you know, the original series, the Klingons are not that uh, textured as characters. Right. They are Which, preening villains, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, absolutely. Which is why I think what they're going to do with Lorel, because she's isolated yes, from the rest, yes. they're all dead. She's like a Borg drone away from she's, the rest she's of her a, gang, sure, seven to nine, far from Unimatrix, so, right. whatever. <laughs> and then we have Tyler. Now, a show of hands, who mm-hmm. thinks Tyler is Vok? I now, I now do. Sure, I have I mean, to. Say, I don't know. I don't care. We're all raising our hands. I, want, I have yeah. to say, all the, <laughs> I'm a joiner. All the chatter. Uh, yeah, you guys on your last episode, or the two episodes ago, the finale made me. We made, me. we made you a pretty. So it's yeah. sort of like one of those Westworld things where we're like all going to know the twist, and they're going to be like. I'm honestly surprised there's this much debate about it still. I think it's like super obvious at this point. Well, I mean, I mean there. Well, what, what's he's interesting is such a profoundly uninteresting character that he has to have some crazy <laughs> twist. And he's well, also I, a love I, well, interest too. That's yeah. so funny you say that because in this in the finale when he's suffering from the PTSD right, and yeah. having these flashbacks. 
like being raped by Lorel. At least that's the insinuation. Very, that's very. that is like a that's heavy stuff, and I actually think it's handled pretty well. You yes, know, you I could so. you I agree. Could, yeah. You could stuff that in. Like Game of Thrones can't handle it as well as Star Trek Discovery did, and I don't know. I just I found that really intriguing. It's heavy stuff, and it's stylistically uh, visceral. I, I thought it was interesting, but then if he does become fuck, then it's kind of like, are you undermining that a little? Well, bit? there is also the. Um, I mean, then there's the real world reasoning for it. I mean, I don't know to what extent you've been reading these uh, conspiracy theories. Zero extent. Would you? I mean, there there are some. There are a trail of breadcrumbs that would lead you to uh-huh, believe. Right well, what's the first thing that Lorca, Lorca says to him when he, they meet in the jail? It's like, how did you survive for this yes, long? Right, yeah, mm-hmm. right. And that was the first thing red flag for me, which is he said he's been there for seven months. And we know that the sarcophagus ship has been dead in space for all that time. Mm-hmm. And he says that he's gotten by by, he implies he's basically been the concubine, the kept man right. of the captain. Sure. Then we learn that the captain is Lorel, and you're like, time out. Lorel just got there, so, and we, that doesn't make any sense. Right. And so clearly, but I think that the interesting thing about Vok is, or Tyler, is that I believe that he is Vok. I also don't I think that he does not know that he is Vok. I think this is a he's got, there's a trigger phrase that's going to a la uh, the Manchurian Candidate yeah. is going to wake sure. him up, and what's going to happen is he's going to retain his memories since he's become Tyler. He now has affection for Burnham. He likes the way Starfleet does business, mm-hmm. and he's going to have a conflict of what are my where are my loyalties? His relationship with Burnham uh, makes sense on paper, but I find like they, they oh. don't have a lot of chemistry. Oh, like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa! Is this a hot whoa. take? That's 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 a that's a revenge served cold take that is uh, you illogical. hit your button well, which one illogical, illogical. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like waiting to say something because he's sort of hovering his finger over this giant soundboard I do not find your take fascinating I find your take negative Captain. <laughs> so wait do you like no, their like relationship their I, do. I don't like their relationship do you just, like the relationship yeah. I don't hate it but I don't I also don't think I mean my this might just be me but my Reaction usually when something like this happens is to not like it because I really don't think it's necessary. But if he is oh, a Klingon, if he is Vok, I do think it's would it would be really interesting for him to have this like you know identity crisis between be two like, worlds because so does yeah, she. She has right. that same thing. Right. That's what cool. I mean yeah. by on paper. I I see um, the the connection, but they don't have any but chemistry. He's a very boring guy. <laughs> he's not. He's a handsome man. What are you talking you about? Sure, but chemistry. Handsome yeah. people can be totally boring. I actually thought their they were fine. Their kiss in the time warp episode was really yeah. exciting. Yeah. I, lo- yeah. I, I loved. I loved. I gotta say, excited. I loved. The time warp. Episode. The time warp yeah. episode. Rules. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. After meeting Mud in that one, first episode, I'm kind of like, okay, I guess we could get him in on this show if we yeah. really needed mm-hmm. to. Uh, perfect. Like he's so great. It was uh, great. But also, what's your favorite what's movie of all time? From the Office. Uh, Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson. Yeah, yeah, you're right. My favorite movie of all time is Groundhog Day. <laughs> Good so, movie. Uh, That's why you like. well, maybe one of my warp. favorite Star Trek episodes is Cause and Effect. Right? Yeah. Was, you know, the time loop is a it's great, great. Uh, it's a great everyone trope can device. learn and everyone can right. hear each other and people. But also you can do stuff that you don't have to follow through on because right. it's like. You know, all the they, ways Lorca dies in that episode they, is <laughs> a treat. And yeah. they also, they did a spin on it, which is in normally, and same with Edge of Tomorrow, great is, is mm. you are always with you are always uh, you the viewer are always um, omniscient to everything mm-hmm. and oh, on, sure. in this one they pull the rug out from under you it it's, starts like in the middle of it right starts in the middle exactly he's like, we've done this like 20 other times right. Right. I was like oh okay it was great I thought that was really really cool 
Um, Good call. All right, so um, that's how we're feeling then about uh, the Klingons, and I do think Vok is gonna is gonna something's gonna happen with him, and we'll have to deal with it. We'll have to all get through it. I'm just gonna deal with it. <laughs> Star Trek Podcast. Energize. My next and final question Deal is, we talked about this a little bit, is uh, Lorca. Um, uh, I love, I think Jason Isaacs is marvelous. He's a tremendous mm, actor. He's so good. He has and, been for many years. Yeah, and, and we talked about this uh, on one episode, that he's been in so many things that I've seen him in, but I never really noticed it. I mean, that, uh-huh. you know, that's my problem in that I don't take... You're I, face some, blind. I'm a little face blind, and I take good acting for granted sometimes, you know? He's been in so many great things. Um, he's I like he, He's got like a John Hamm thing. Sometimes, mm. you know, sometimes. John Hammond would be good on this What show. if, yeah, Ooh. what if he, <laughs> that would be so good. Yeah, forget if Lorca Locke dies is Tyler. When you have Captain Orca. Orca. <laughs> John Ham is here. Um, but do you think he is, uh, he has a master plan or is he just uh, scrambling? Because remember, the Admiral was going to rat him out and sure. take his ship away well, from him. We have to go back to the third episode, I think. Because we have to go back. Uh, we have to go back. Um, right, time to. warp back. All right, hold on. We're gonna, t- we're gonna time warp back. <laughs> Spore drive back. We're going back. Because um, I remember when, <laughs> you know, Michael Burnham's being transported and they get attacked by what? Are, what do they get attacked by? Spores? Oh, those little no. Uh, <laughs> yes, spe- it, they yeah, were spore like, into the spores. No, they, they, spores. Spores no, they were not spores. They were species GS five one six or whatever. Right. They they were a little little bugs, you know. And it kills the, the pilot. pilot, and then Burnham uh, or Discovery obviously saves the day. And yeah. many people believe that the, that was like a Lorca plan to get Burnham. Right, on he the he ship. arranged it so that uh, yeah she would that uh, was like be in the right place at the right a time. Little crazy. It's pretty sinister. Crazy, yeah, but it crazy. also made no sense. It, like, you know, like yes, just as I planned. I'm like, you plan for the bugs to be there? <laughs> like, to, agree, like <laughs> to to agree with that theory is like if you're a Sopranos fan. Remember when Hesh's girlfriend died, and he thought that Tony Soprano did it. Yeah, but there was no way like for it to, to be. But like he freaked out. That to me was the same thing. Like oh. He did it somehow. I don't know how. He mm-hmm. does magic. Something happened. He can talk so to bugs. He can talk to bugs. Like Aquaman can talk to fish. So um, that's why he's so weird. Is he's like part bug. He's a bug man. I, he doesn't really know how to be holy. I think there are things <laughs> human that happen in the that's show. That's my fan theory. <laughs> there are things that happen in the Lorca show. Lorca is bug. That Lorca. That Lor- that would make you question Lorca. Obviously. Oh yeah, yeah. You know sure. when he pushes people over the edge. When he goes against the Federation. Obviously, he's suffering. From PTSD, he's got a scar on his back. Yeah, what was that scar from? That just war Uh, from his last ship, right? The last engagement. You know, Uh, he's straining inside. His eyes are bad, so he needs to use his. Well, uh, that's. I think you don't like that. I like. Well, but but, I mean, I like that they had the line from the vice admiral or admiral or whatever she is, where she was like, "It's it's the 23rd century. Fix your damn eyes. (laughs) What what are you talking about? Your eyes don't work. You got to get new eyes. Low eyes. They did it just because in that last shot he had to put the drops in to watch the the ship. which is the best setup ever. It's so good. <laughs> if, if all that was just set up for, for that scene, yeah, totally worth it. Good. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't think Absolutely. he has a, a master plan. I think he got he Burnham and can mm. use Burnham. I think he uses people, right? Yeah. He convinces mm. 
uh, 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 Stamets to sacrifice himself mm-hmm. by intriguing him with the right. scientific He's potential. He's a good captain in that way, like, yes. but in a way that's not very both, federation-y. Right, you know, he can bo- right. be both inspiring, which we've seen him do, sure. but he can also be very manipulative with the same tool bag. Uh, but I don't see him... He's a bit of a tool bag, if you ask He's me. <laughs> Tool bag, two box. I don't know. Uh, but he maybe he had a transport accident with a tool bag. What would be his master plan? Like right. he still gets kidnapped by the Klingons, right? Like that's right, not part right. of his master plan. And actually, I have a question about that eventually. Yes. Which is so if Vok is actually Ash, yeah. How did they? They thought they were going to get Ash on the thing by by getting Lorca, that, but Lorca that that's that was a, total, you know, seems if, like a total coincidence. If you if, if one day when the tapes of Engage the official Star Trek podcast <laughs> are going to be uh, comb, combed the... over by by uh, by uh, historians, they will note that it was Brian who first suggested that mm. Tyler was uh, that was Vok, and I dismissed him and poo pooed him, mm. and my number one reason was. No, because in getting him off the ship, Lorel was this close to death, right? She even has a scar on her face as sure. a result. Mm. So they could not have orchestrated it that well. Mm. Which which will I think event- that's gonna be a, a plot hole. A reckoning no, no. I think a reckoning is coming. I mean they're gonna have to address it or else I uh, will at the next What will con- you do? Will you set no your writing. phasers to the, kill? I will be at the convention <laughs> oh. uh, first in line asking the, the writers Excuse pardon me, me, I have a question oh. for you. I, um, <laughs> I don't understand. But so <laughs> to throw it out to everybody, I wondered because a lot of people are like Lorca, you sent the discovery spore warping into <laughs> the mirror universe. <laughs> uh, I hope it's not the mirror universe. Is it going to be the mirror universe? Um, I've had enough of the mirror. There were all those mirrors all over the place. Uh, far right. away, <laughs> but they already did far away. Is Burnham going to have a mustache? Is that going to be the mirror universe, Burnham? It can't just be in another it's pocket of the universe. Burnham. They did that. That's Voyager. Well, they could be in the Kelvin. Universe. No, they cannot because Paramount owns that Chris half. That's right. <laughs> yes, we warped over. into a new contractual. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder if they're going to warp into the main timeline. They, they are were, in the main they timeline. They are in the no, main no. timeline. We think they're in the main timeline. What's going oh, on? Oh, snap. They're going to warp in. They've been in a third timeline the whole time. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. They're going to warp <laughs> in and then it will look like the 1960s. Hello. Oh, that'd be good. If they do that, that's <laughs> fine. So cool. That's it. If, that'd like, be... if, you know, like, you know, someone. <laughs> that'd be cool. That's awesome. But so the... do, do people think that that, the like accident with the sport drive is part of Lorca's plan. There are definitely people who think that. I don't. I think everything's an accident. I think, no, I think he, it's all an accident. He wanted to go home stuff. at the end. Yeah, 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 third, yeah. He wanted to pick up his award. He, no, no, they no, no, have no. the whole heart-to-heart where he's like, one more jump. Like, there's no way Lorca could orchestrate. Like, no, he did. Yes, he did. Absolutely he did. He, t- he used reverse psychology on him. I guess you're right. And he did, I do think to that. To what, Lorca? To get, out to get him to do get one out more. Of well, he, yeah, he doesn't, so he doesn't get fired from being a uh, captain. I but mean, why would he get fired? Aren't they bringing him home to no. give a. No, yeah, but Cornwell's going to rat him was on out. her way to, uh, he to get him fired. He saved Cornwell's life. She is, go- she is by the book. She's, She's all business. Say, she was going to say, this man <coughs> saved my life, but he needs to be taken well. away from the bridge. And Another he won't do that. Mm-hmm. So um, I, here's what I think. I don't. I, I think know. that he definitely brought them to wherever it may be, Mirror Universe or anywhere, on purpose. You think so? Oh, I, do. I don't think so. But no, I don't sure. think... We have to go. I, I don't we think it was go. that thought out. I think it was like me pushing these dumb buttons. He's like, push, <laughs> push one, one of them. Push, push one. one of them. Just because, randomly. But the map he had. 
I mean, he was clearly he, know, yeah. he knew he knew it was doing something. I mean, he, he had this whole plot out. I, I mean, was he trying to get there specifically? Maybe uh, mm. that's what we're trying. I, I find out January seventh. I guess I don't know. I mean, honestly, I guess my take on this is I can see what you guys are saying, and I can see how maybe Lorca could be a limited character. Like you know, eventually maybe he'll be revealed. His motives will be darker than even previously assumed, and he'll die or yeah. he'll uh, depart the show. But I like the character enough, and I like the performance so much that I'd rather that wasn't the case. Like, mm-hmm. I'd like to keep Lurk around. I like the push and pull between him and Burnham, and I want to see what he's like in a non-war environment. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. I kind of want the war to be over. We did the war. Great. You know, good, good be war. Be a real person now. But, like, let's now let's do, you know, you're the discovery, right? You know, yeah. like, let's go explore something and see, like, see how it's like does to have that kind of... Because he's, he's like a jellico, right? You know, he's sort of... You want to see him Ronnie as... Ronnie cox You want to see him as a captain in... Different type in of states more classic federation, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like but that it seems could like a be season fun. two would have to be Lorca learning something. He's sure. he's always been in yeah. power, and in the end of season one, <laughs> he gets busted right, down. Right? I mean, but Burnham got busted down, and now she's bust building him up and down, so bust he, him around. So obviously, bust being him. displaced it but knocks I, him I off his pedestal. She, he doesn't know what to do. That's but that, fine. But that, that, that could be no, cool. right. I believe that, and that's why I'm like, it can't be of his making. It doesn't make sense. I want to we're going to have to wrap it up soon. Um but there is one other thing, right? We have to wrap it up soon. Yeah, right? yeah, pretty soon. Okay. Check that watch. Check that. <laughs> Good watch. Where'd you get it? Um, hey, you know, but before we do, I want to go around the room and ask real quick. There are a lot of great faces you see on the show that we haven't learned a lot about. Ooh, yeah. yeah. I want to know who is Who's your, that? Who, okay, who is your favorite and who do you want to learn more about and I will take your note to Sarah Gatos, if you're listening, she is the editor of IDW Comics Star Trek line. Mm-hmm. And if anybody's going to do a one shot on one of these faces to give us a little more background, e.g., Keenzer back in the day. Love Keenzer. Mm. It's uh, IDW ongoing number 17, my favorite comic book ever written. It's all about Keenzer's backstory. It's not really my favorite ever written, but it's in the top five. Um, <laughs> make a codicil to that remark. Um, starting with David Sims, if you who is your favorite robot face? lady? Give me yes. a robot lady. What is up with her? Do we see robot lady? <laughs> Thirty four. No, what's her name? I actually don't know. Ari uh, Commander Arium. Arium. She's a commander. Wow. Lieutenant Commander. I'm assuming robots can be commanders. She, well, she's she a cyborg. She can't be a robot, right? She's, she's a cyborg. cyborg right? She's like, here's here's a f- uh, official canon, not from the text, but from Harbart's uh, and Berg talking on After Trek. Hello, sure. Matt Myra, if you're listening. Hey, Matt. Um, it is, he said, uh, they said, I forgot who said it, uh, that she is an alien, but also a cyborg. So she's not part machine, part human. Right. She's part oh. alien, part, part machine, alien, part human, part flabnor. But she can't you know? be right. She can't be like an android because no, data, data is this sort no. of uh, mm. unique creature when he is introduced. Yeah, but uh, positronic brain. Uh, you're damn right. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, I just uh, sh- I like the look so oh, much. Oh, it's so good. And yeah. uh, I there's so much potential for there's a so Star Trek character we haven't really dealt with a lot of. Right. So like, give me that. And and similarly, uh, she hasn't done much other than say like I I. And well, again, none of them do anything. To mention, it's annoying. To <laughs> mention IDW Comics again, if you remember Star Trek Into Darkness, not the greatest film in the franchise. No, there was my, another, my least favorite Star Trek. Film. There was a cyborg dude with crazy eyes and like a dome on his head, Vaguely, and he went yeah. affirmative captain. There's a one shot on him also. Oh, so boy. IDW. <laughs> 
believe me, IDW's on this. They're taking my notes. Uh, Emma Stefanski, uh, who is your favorite face from the bridge that we, you'd like to know more about? I'm going to have to say, and I uh, unfortunately don't know her name, but the redhead with, with the sort of little thingy yeah, on her face? Implants. Yes, that would be uh, Detmer, right? Detmer. Is, is that That's a na- good name. I'm looking it up. It's I forget it. I, I, we talk about her because she sounds she, like a hacker. She had a little this bit. Denver. I mean, she was on the Shenzhou. <laughs> I'm in the mainframe. She can get into anything. <laughs> she is. Um, she is uh, from the Shenzhou, mm-hmm. right? I yeah, because she was uh, there. Right. She's right. a veteran of the Battle of the Binary Stars. She and I mean, Saru and Michael. Yeah, and I guess nobody else. They're like the three who. Those are the three that we know about. Yeah. and it's. I think her name is Aria. Also, that's why it gets a little confusing because I'm looking. I can't find it. Is it not Detmer? I hope it's it, it, it might be. It's something very similar to that if it's not. Okay. Is it like Dexter? Another good hacker name? It's Detmer. Kayla Detmer. Kayla. Kayla, Detmer. Kayla yep. not Ari. There here. you go. Kayla Detmer. Is she a human? Or She's is a human, she, uh, but she now has some facial implants thanks stuff. to the, uh, thanks to like the um, battle. Um, yeah, and I feel like if we're going to learn more, well, we're, I mean, if the show lasts 100 years, we're going to mm. learn about all of them. But I think that she's the one. <laughs> 100 years. 100 years. <laughs> I think she's the next one because we've already had. She's already had a shot. We've had so many shots of her. The, yeah, because she like looks cool. But she also... looks great, and also she has a relationship with Burnham already, and yeah. she is in the novel that I mentioned a moment ago that cool. you were reading. Last Desperate night? Hours. Yeah, mm-hmm. that I'm only on page fifty of. Uh, but you know, I'm doing an, an episode, a book club episode, with a, a guest who you all know, and we'll talk about that later. Wow. So that's exciting. Uh, Matt Patches, um, do you have a pick? Well, I was going to say, there aren't too many Frantically other bridge. Frantically scrolling through. Well, there's, yeah. just the, the, there's um, handsome guy. There's a lady with handsome cool guy. There's, there's the African-American hair. woman with uh, who sits up front. Uh, yes, I think I'm going to go... There's another uh, robotic character who I think we've only seen kind of going like... Turning the, like, <laughs> no one at home can hear me, but yeah. uh, turning she, she, from left to right. I believe it's a she because she has a bu- she has a bosom. If you will. That's how you know. Um, Space bosom. But you wouldn't be able to tell from her head because her head yep. is just right, like a computer monitor. She looks like wait, wait, didn't the oh, bad guy from Saga. You're talking about Snailhead. Her her name no, is Winnet Jira Narwani. Didn't she get blown out of the the deck? Did she? Oh, I'm worried. I don't know who's alive anymore. It's so, there's so many characters. There's a lot going there's on. There's so many people. It's just so unusual to have a Star Trek where you don't know most the of the bridge crew. Yeah, you know, it's okay true. to have that the one helmsman where you're like, oh, there's that, that guy. This, you know? this is a choice that clearly, uh, that probably Fuller made three years ago. But that makes like, the community more vibrant and everybody is important. Screw them. I mean, if the show continues for years and years, we'll get to know them. But no, the bridge crew are not important. It's 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 down engineering. It's Tilly. The lower decks. Lower decks. Let is, me ask you this. Yeah. Do you think Q could show up? Second mm. question. Do you think Q Guinan, could always show up? Guinan could show up. Guinan? 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 Okay, Guinan can show immortal? up. Guinan well, yes, is thousands of years old. The Guinan, Enterprise right? B yeah. rescues her, which is pre this. No, it's post this. Now, and now she, Guinan's Guinan out. Guinan is alive because she was alive during the 1800s on Earth. No, I. Yes, of she course. She hung out Time's with Mark Arrow. Twain, yeah. Right, I guess that she's she ridiculous. Do it. She's lit, but yeah, because like the Enterprise B rescues her. Right from yeah. the ribbon back the, the start of generation the nexus the, the nexus. nexus yeah it's the ribbon the ribbon it's an energy ribbon yeah yeah that so uh, so right so this is before that so she's hanging out she's having space adventures well I mean Guinan could be in it but a la um, Harry Mudd they wouldn't cast Whoopi Goldberg they would cast somebody new I mean I Whoopi, right. Whoopi's a little like, older Zoe I guess Saldana, uh, except they can't do that I guess <laughs> I, I guess I just that would want be, uh, <laughs> somewhat outrageous <laughs> I want like a pretty far out character and maybe I I would not be, maybe oh, yeah. Stan. Oh, is becoming that for them, but I want someone yeah. 
who can like dial it down for a second, take a deep breath. What well, I always liked about Guinan's scenes, and sometimes cue storylines in Next right, Generation. Right, he had a, is that a wisdom. You want a that's total, why I think I like the time warp too, right. where we're like we're bouncing around the ship, we're navig, we're like hanging out in the ship. I like that stuff. Yeah. Well, also the show lacks an other right. Like that was the classic Star Trek Bible thing, where it's like your Data, your uh, Odo, your uh, EMH. Well, it's but he's just an alien. You know, the character who is totally removed from the human experience. It's like the the sentient experience. It's supposed to be um, Burnham, Burnham, but it isn't. We've talked about this. That it it deviates from the norm there. No, you're right. Right. Like a character who is unlike anyone. Seven of nine. Odo was always the other, and this show doesn't really have that. I think the EMH is really the other of Voyager personally he's a holographic being you get both you get two for Voyager you know what uh, last question then I know we gotta go um, <laughs> if there were to be a character from canon like Harry Mudd that were to show up again who mm. would you want it to be it would have to be a TOS person probably unless it's Q like he said mm. uh, couldn't or Q2 what well, about uh, Corbin, Corbin Burns and back <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right. Sorry, Do you think they could bring nerdy. Khan back after Into the Dark? Uh, no, John Harrison could come back. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> classic Star Trek. Oh my Trek. god! Classic. I love him. Love that John Harrison. I want to thank everybody for coming on the show today. A big round of applause for our guests. We have Matt Patches, who uh, is a tweet at Mr. Patches. That's right. At Mr. Patches, he is the executive editor of Thrillist.com. Uh, Emma Stefanski is here. She's Stib- Stefabski. Yep typo in her Twitter name <laughs> and Emma's work can be read at Vanity Fair and other uh, outlets and from the Atlantic David Sims you're at David Sims all, David, David L. Sims. Sims and Sims is S-I-M-S no, that's right and you can listen to David Sims's podcast called Blank Check Blank Check with Blank Griffin check. and David check it out it's Blank a very it funny out. show I've been a guest once mm-hmm uh, Patches, has you been? I've only ge- been a guest once too. What's the deal? We'll have you back. Jeez, yeah, everyone wants to be a guest. David's been yeah, a guest. Yeah, been on it. Everyone in this room has been on Blank Check. Well, I thought right. Except for, I'm sorry, Ryan has been on it. Yeah. Uh, Patches' podcast is called uh, Fighting the Worm. It's been around for like five years, really maybe more. Around with these outros. Q two, Q two. Emma, where's your podcast? I, I gotta get one. I don't know. I don't know what I podcast about. Come on, it's take I'll do like bugs. Emma's this, thoughts. Take this mic home with you. Okay, you I'll just podcast. take it off. The t- Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Star Trek, uh, watching the show Star Trek Discovery, and listening to Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. Live long and prosper. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.